Blog Talk Radio. Fifth Dimensional Living with your host, Diane Bachberger. Diane has been given message from the fifth dimension and higher to bring greater peace and understanding to the lives of others. She lives and experiences these higher dimensions to help our world come into balance and to raise to a higher vibration of love. You can find more information on Diane on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash dbachberger1 as she shares great wisdom with the world. Let's welcome your host of Fifth Dimensional Living, Diane Bachberger. Radio. What propels civilization into the next step? Join me over the next couple of hours as I take you into the fifth dimension and beyond. I'm really feeling the blue energy again this week. I was talking about it on last week's show that I did on February the 3rd. And, you know, as I, as I said before, today is um, February the 10th, 2016. And um, just um, a lot of different uh, energy and a lot of different feelings for humanity are all happening. And I talked about it on last week's show. I talked about how on February the 2nd, which also happened to be Groundhog Day, um, how the eighth chakra, the soul chakra, was opening up for humanity. And um, over the last few years, I've been talking about how, in turn, each chakra has been opening up and uh, how the Uranus-Pluto squares were um, symbolic of this. So where do we go from here? What does humanity have laying ahead of them? Questions we all can ask. You know, I also talked about um, moving away from duality last week. That's another thing that uh, humanity is doing right at the moment because they have opened up this eighth chakra. I just want to say that um, when I say open, there's different um, increments of opening. Like when even higher chakras above like um, humanity is going up to 12 chakras opening, Um, it activates different things that open up, you know, different chakras in the body. So say um, the ninth chakra starts to open, then something's activated more in the eighth chakra. And the reason I'm talking about this is because, you know, a lot of people think, well, my eighth chakra is open. And how come all of a sudden I'm not psychic and I don't have all these gifts coming to me right away? Um, It's because other points need to be triggered in higher chakras. I just want to let people know that. So, Because I don't think I mentioned that last week. You know, all these shows are kind of interrelated. um, Just as all of us are part of one great energy, the divine energy, source energy, God, whatever you want to call it. 
Um, so, also, I want to talk today about a little bit about Valentine's Day and maybe a little bit about romantic love and what, what has that meant here in 3D and in duality. Um, I want to talk about the amethyst and the stone jasper. But even though the meaning of some words shift over time, you know, jasper meant something totally different back in biblical times. I did talk last week also on the February the 3rd show about what represents the eight chakra, you know, what has depicted this in paintings and um, and things that masters have said over the years. And I talked about the halo. You know, people have been talking about the dark star and all these different things. And, you know, that is part of duality and what has occurred because of duality. Now that we've shifted even more, do all those things really have meaning anymore? Okay? But um, in duality, people talked about having a halo or have talked about having a halo. But in turn, people also have talked about, you know, um, a dark halo. And you know, different beings that have maybe had negative connotations, you know, like Lucifer and that sort of thing, um, they say has a black halo. Well, when duality happened, there was a splitting. And, you know, then good and evil were things that came from that. Well, I just want to, you know, you may not see that manifested um, in the entire society, but it has been changing. Um, I think I talked about, you know, gender identity and people being a little confused and that sort of thing. And now they're talking about um, not having a gender, you know, uh, and different celebrities and things have been doing uh what do you call it, advertising campaigns about this sort of thing. And um, Louis Vuitton is one of them. But, you know, you know so if you see um, men wearing skirts and posing with women, but they still look very masculine, this is part of, you know, what's going on okay i just want to let you know i may have a little bit of time to talk about gender today and that sort of thing and the meaning of of it and in duality there's opposites right so there's masculine and feminine the line of that now is becoming blurred i've talked about the five planets that have been aligning in the sky at sunrise in the morning recently and how you know this is kind of symbolic of a big change in the purification and over the last two shows i've talked about you know what humanity is doing right now to clear the karmic energy and that other sort of energy that has um you know the dualistic energy and that sort of thing so um if you want to know a little bit more about that go back and listen to that February 
a third show, and the other show I did was January the 27th, I believe, and the one before that was December the 23rd. So, um, Also, I want to talk a little bit about creation and creative ability and in duality, how that's kind of been distorted too. This is the year of the metal monkey. And I think it was February the 8th that that started. Maybe I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, I think I mentioned last week there were a lot of shows lately about humanity and people coming into their magic. And there's a lot of shows about that right now because this chakra has opened up, you know, these gifts that um, humanity is going to start becoming more aware of include the subconscious. And, you know, so dream time is when a lot of the subconscious stuff comes out. So you may find that your dream time and your wake time may be blurred. And by what I mean by this means that, you know, you may be having a dream and it may seem so real and you're so conscious that you're thinking to yourself, is this a dream or am I, is this really happening? You know, I, I've talked about that too. Um, it's it's called lucid dreaming. Um, there are, you know, a lot of people talk about manifesting and I did mention that in 3D you manifest from the root chakra. And, you know, that is, it's not the lower, I don't really like using the words the lower chakras, but the earthbound chakras, okay? Now we're going beyond uh, even even that, you know, with the, the higher chakras opening up above the head. So I, I did talk about manifesting from that point, from, you know, the heart and from the crown and from that eighth chakra. Um, You know, when we don't have the upper chakras opened up, the realization of not being connected to, you know, the divine energy is not there, okay? So more and more people, I've talked about this on on a couple of shows, how people that didn't have these upper heart chakra and the, you know, that forehead chakra and the crown chakra and the eighth chakra open up, and all of a sudden they just had it happen instantly. And, you know, they started feeling, becoming empathic and feeling people around them, and they, they were just totally befuddled, you know. Um, but it can happen. And the thing is, I know that somebody's listening right now is is going through that process. So, you know, I talk about things that are pertinent in the moment because in fifth dimensional consciousness, it's all about the moment. In fifth dimensional consciousness, it's about love. It's about that connectiveness. Um, in 3D, you know, in duality, it's about the ego and materialism if you go from one extreme to the next, right? So more people will be cosmically aware and open up to the universe. 
and that how what we do affects others. I know that there's been people that are manifesting and it's all about material things and putting their own force upon other people and their reality without thinking about others. And even, you know, some of these beings or people believe they will become gods. You know, this is, they're putting their force and affecting other people around them to their own will. And and this, you know, a lot of people think that black magic is a certain thing where you cast evil spells and that sort of thing. It also involves, you know, putting your force on other people about what you want without consideration of other people. You know, we talk about the age of Aquarius and I've talked about on the last two shows about the blurring and that we're coming into this age of Aquarius and that blurring is becoming less blurred. And then how other realms, you know, the demarcation between them is becoming more defined lately. Well, the age of Aquarius, it's it's about collective consciousness at the highest level. It's about how what you do affects others around you. It's a joint effort, you know. Um, but many people are confused right now, especially with, you know, they, they, they figure they... Um, this gender stuff um, and is going to make them le- things less confused, but to a lot of people, it's even more confusing. So I would say to people that are listening, and if you feel that connection to God or to source or that energy, allow it to unfold and connect to others around you. It's not about putting will on other people or having a, an agenda. You know, they're, they're, from what I've tapped into or whatever you want to call it, um, there have always been, since this duality happened, there's always been those of the light. And there has always been those which they call the dark ones. I don't want to, you know say one's better than the other but when you go and shift consciousness and you go into fifth dimensional consciousness there's more of a balance between that part those parts of yourself okay now because of this duality there are always you know beings of light and dark ones or whatever you want to call it and there's been religions that have been opposites too so, you know, I was, I guess this is the way it was supposed to happen. I was raised with somebody who was really of the light, my mother. But, you know, I didn't always have that around me and everyone that was around me. And in my own way, I came into understanding of, of these sorts of things. But, um, you know... I I did talk about on one show, and I believe it was in December, maybe towards the beginning of December, I talked about 
dark matter, which, you know, this is the way it was named. It's the, the, the sticky stuff that holds things together. Um, and is that frequency that creates physicality, okay? Um, dark energy is something else. And it exists because of duality, just as light exists with duality. So I, I just, I don't know. If you know, I talk about things for a reason, and they just kind of come up, and it relates to what I talk to or talk about, so or who I talk to or who's there. Um, there was something I wanted to talk about, um, I guess, about creative energy. And, you know, creative energy, you know, when we think about it, it has a certain frequency, okay? And when we create, there's thought form. You know, I I talked on one show about... um, the when you go into higher consciousness, the brain and the thought becomes something different. It integrates with the heart energy. But in duality, thought became something that was contained within the body and, you know, within the brain, which is in the head. Um and you know when we have the type of um manifesting from the root chakra in this reality um it comes from thought and emotion okay and in fifth dimensional consciousness it comes from more of the heart so and we don't exist in time and space the way um, dualistic 3D exists. When you live in the moment and you manifest in the moment, it's more instantaneous. Okay? So, I, I and oh yeah, I wanted to um, talk a little bit about. Um, Influencing, you know, um, when you go from the third eye, you know, I talk about the forehead chakra and the third eye, and um, people that live in um, completely in 3D, they really don't have the chakras past the third eye open. So the forehead and the crown and the other one, um, the eighth, the soul chakra, aren't activated or open. And they have a way of manipulating or influencing people. I'm just not, I'm not saying everyone, but some do. Um, through that level and through, you know, infiltrating the third eye on people. But um, they can even, it's not up to us to do that, okay, to influence other people. But they have been 
able to tap into people and read them through that. Um, and, you know, even now I've heard that um, neurons can be genetically modified and stimulated to be more sensitive to light. But that can be used, you know, in a positive way. But I'm not talking right now about that in a positive way. You know, and it responds to different frequencies of light, you know, blue light, red light. With, But um, apparently now they can insert a fiber optic um, wire in the head and actually um, give a person uh, suggestions, but also trigger photo memories within a person and false memories. You know, like when we live in 3D or when a person lives in 3D, they have... um, you know, time and space, and they think of the past and stuff like that. But the only true truth exists in the moment. So there's false memory in the past, okay? So when we're doing this purging or this cleansing that I was talking about in the last two shows, humanity's doing that there, the memories that you have and the things that you have at a cellular memory that have been put there or retained there. You know, it's it's not that they're, you know, they didn't exist or those things didn't happen. But in fifth dimensional consciousness, we don't have to hang on to those things. Um, so basically what I'm saying is um, when you shift consciousness and you live in the moment, you don't have you don't hold those things anymore at a cellular level they're released and i also wanted to mention something else too in 3d you know there's always you know when you live and you open up those higher chakras especially the forehead chakra and the throat chakra get activated in a different way right so you can key into things, but you only speak in truth. Right now in 3D, and has existed for a while, you know, a lot of these people that have agendas are diverting people's attention to something they created so they can divert the energy away from what they're doing. You know, there's been all these diversionary tactics. And I just want to mention that's very 3D. When you live in fifth dimensional consciousness, it's the truth right in that moment. So, you know, I would say, you know, I, I keep seeing this, these, this image of being in the moment, living in truth. And... What is important is, to begin with, is to be truthful to yourself. You know, a lot of people, to they want to be quote-unquote, you know, the latest thing or whatever. But, um, you know, they may 
say they're got have higher consciousness, but really they haven't even acknowledged own self deceptions. So that that's an important thing to look at when you first start really shifting consciousness. You know, if it's important to you. You know, if 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 the process is something that you want to have understanding of. But some people just shift consciousness and they just totally, it's not that they forget. It's because there's so much in the moment, they don't focus on that stuff anymore, okay? Um, I just kept seeing, you know, when I turned on the television or I was seeing something, it was all about deception. So I see that, you know, because of the eighth chakra opening up, that humanity will be looking around them and they will see things the way they, even the deceptions, okay? So I know that, I hopefully that is something that um, you will have understanding of. But I know that... Um, when this first happens, a lot of people get very angry because they didn't know what was going on around them. And then they start to see all this and it's like overwhelming. Oh yeah, I was talking about um, creative energy. Well, I guess, you know, people have been caught up in this manifesting sort of stuff and you know thinking oh i i want to be rich and i have this and i'm going to do that and it's all about money okay and money is really light energy because um it's something that you know it has a frequency and then that sort of thing but really we should be doing what brings us joy and if that creates abundance around you, then that's something different, okay? So it's seeing beyond denial. You know, um, I was talking last week about people not facing things and not looking at what was they were holding at a cellular level because they felt it too painful. Well, when that eighth chakra opens up, that's what happens. You start to really look at all these things. So what are we really seeing? We're, we're not seeing what's happening in the moment. What's coming at a cellular level are distortions, are things that... So what we're doing is seeing them... in an emotional way, but in a more balanced emotional way. Because when we want to manifest and create, part of it is creating a new reality, right? And um, that's what basically what we're doing right now. So with this purging and cleansing within ourselves, um, humanity has decided that they don't want this um, linear time and space. They've learned from it. So it's it's about living in the moment. So it's about releasing all that stuff. 
and it it means that um, if you want to go beyond that, not to live in that denial anyway anymore. You know, um, I was watching this television show the other day, and um, you know, like I said, I keep seeing this repeated over and over. So it's something that's usually going on, or something that's happening within the collective, right? Um, or I have dreams and different things, and they all correlate or they all bring truth. Um, you know, they they talked about um, certain people being a problem, and they're, you know, maybe acting out or, or doing something that we term quote-unquote dark or whatever. But those dark things within ourselves we have buried them, right? Or we don't want to look at them. Or people haven't want to look at them. Because I've looked at mine and I've done done the work. And, you know, some of the stuff that I saw, I, it wasn't easy to do. But um, if we're doing it within ourselves, we're doing it around us. So a lot of these dark energy or whatever you want to call it is allowed to run amok because People don't want to look at it, okay? And think, put it out of sight, out of mind. But it's really maybe out of sight, but it's still there. So it's important that we see those things, even though they're painful. You know, sometimes I write about things and the way things are, and I I don't really need to get into detail about it, but I notice a lot of people don't, say too much, but I know that they're reading it. Um, I was watching, you know, I've been talking about the X-Files and different aspects about it and that sort of thing. The show they had on this week, I didn't take down the title, but it was about creating. And it was sort of, well, on a, on a supernatural level, but they talked about this person and how he didn't like how certain people were treating the homeless, okay? And what happened was he had that strong emotion within himself because of what was going on and he was an artist and he drew, created something and, you know, this picture. He he drew this kind of being and he created it out of clay because it was so intense within him he had to remove it from himself, right? And what happened was it became real, you know, outside of himself. So it's important, you know, right now that we, I guess what I've been talking about is to get that stuff that we have within us out of ourselves. But at the same time, you know, not um, let it run amok. We have to um, buffer this energy but I'm just talking about this because I thought it was kind of interesting what's going on with humanity and they're, um, you know, purging a lot of this energy. And it, there may be times 
where this is reflected around us. You know, a lot of people might not understand this energy, but um, anyway, getting back to the story, this being, he actually, um, because of his intense emotion and his creativity, you know, this being actually became alive. He said he had created different beings and they had become animated or whatever, and then they were released, okay? So different aspects of himself that he was integrating or, you know, looking at, he was able to do that, but there was this one energy that was really a lot of hate energy, I guess. It started to, it became animated, and it went around killing people that were making the homeless people suffer, okay? And they compared it to the tall pus and its uh, thought form chaos, chaos magic, T-U-L-P-A-S. You know, I think in um, Kabbalah they have, um, I'm trying to remember what it's called, the golem or something like that. But then I got to thinking, you know, um, well, with a single word, source, energy, created physicality and um, things around. But we exist in a certain frequency. And, you know, we're physical beings in this reality, but we're really eternal beings you know, in every place we exist because um, because of duality, there's multi-dimensions, right? So, we just have to be aware that when, in the moment, we're in higher frequency and we still exist in a physical form, but it's it's different and the energy within us is different and the energy is expanded within us but we're it's integrated you know when we have we live in 3D or if a person lives in 3D their energy centers within the body are confined right i talked about that in last week's show but in fifth dimensional consciousness they go beyond the body so i'm just kind of giving you a little bit of an idea of you know, when we go into higher frequency, it triggers different our energy in a different way. Um, you know, I have been praying the prayers of light for humanity to open them up to, um, how do I say, to take them out of fear into fifth dimensional consciousness, into love and and those sorts of things. And, you know, some people say to me, well, how do you do the prayers of light? Well, I actually shift semi into my light body. And, you know, because I'm at a higher frequency, what I manifest for the great of everyone and for source, you know, with within that connection to source, I should say, um, 
you know, it's it prayer. So one of the things you can do, and I talked about a little bit on last week's show, you know, how to r- release that energy, and then there's exercises. And I gave you a site that where they actually, because, you know, not everything works for everyone. And, you know, when you're in, basically, I'm, you know, humanity's had an upgrade. And what I say may be good for me, or maybe for a few people, but you really have to connect to that part of yourself that will help yourself do what is the best for you, right? So I could, you know, like I'm just giving you pointers because I know that most people are totally able to do what they do to make things the best they can for themselves with certain things, right? So you can try different things. I don't want to give people um, a set in stone sort of thing for them to do. But I know that prayer and connection to source, which happens when, you know, you open up the crown chakra and that eighth chakra. So, um, Using those gifts wisely, too. You know, when you open up that eighth chakra and a higher chakra opens, um, they're the gifts of the spirit and the open heart allows you to use these gifts in the best way for other people around you. There are many paths, but they all, you know, lead to the one path that um, allows us to have that connection with God. You know, I was talking about duality and then, you know, having a light halo or having a dark halo. Um, That's just symbolic of duality when I'm talking about that, okay? We're here right now to experience the shift in consciousness. Anyway, I, I want to talk a little bit about some energy that's been going on right now, the, the Aquarius New Moon, and a little bit about Family Day and Valentine's Day. Right now we're going from one age or one reality into another. You know, when I say one age into another, it's shifting to higher consciousness of a higher frequency. So we're laying the foundation for this age of Aquarius as a, a collective, you know. So right now, big truths are going to be opening up to us. We're going to manifest for the greater whole according to the divine plan, okay? It's not about the individual right now. Um, and and individual um, agendas, you know. Even though some people, I don't know, I, I don't want to use the word think, feel that way. Um, that solar eclipse on March the eighth, two thousand and sixteen. That's coming up in March the eighth or ninth, depending on where you are. I think it's be able to see it in Indonesia around that area the best part of the world, eh? 
at 18 degrees 56 minutes of Pisces. So I was talking about, um, you know, that, those lines of demarcation, Pisces, you know, and and that sort of thing. Um, total solar eclipses are when things are being really revealed to us. So this is unfolding to that um, opening of the age of Aquarius. You know, the beings of light that have come here are here to intercede and take us out of that darkness, okay? You know, the crystallized crystalline children in the indigo beings. Um, but it's about, you know, really watching what we say right now and um, doing it from an empathic heart and that connection to the source. You know, you hear people becoming all fired up and, you know, opening themselves up, but doing it with anger. It's not a time to be doing that right now. Um, I got invited to go have pancakes yesterday, but I never went. That I think that's like a, a start to some type of thing that has to do with Lent, but um, we'll just leave that right now. So I, I wanted to talk about the monkey because I've been seeing the monkey and then also it's the year of the monkey. I think the red fire monkey or the metal monkey or whatever you want to call it. But um, I'll get around to a lot of things I've talked about that I touched on because um, I've got some time to talk about them. Um, this site is called dot spiritanimals.com forward slash monkey and it talks about um, well it just started on the 8th and it goes till I think January the 27th of next year but anyway um, the whole year and I think that it's considered a year not to get married there's only certain days that you can get married so it's not a year like the rooster, the year of the rooster is a year that, you know, is considered a year to get married. Um, i just been doing a little reading. I always thought I was a dog, but I'm actually a rooster. <laughs> so, anyway, it says, seek out friends. A little social chatter and sharing will give you the answers you're looking for, and this is the monkey. So, and it's also something to do with the way things are socialized you know a lot of us have been looking within and not connecting as much it's time now to connect with the greater whole because we're all part of that greater whole okay no i know that a lot of these immigrants or refugees from the middle east you know, that's the kind of sad thing is that the people in their own area don't want to take them in because, you know, and, and so what does that tell you? You know, the West has taken some of these people in and they've had no, well, not all of them, but some of the 
people, because there's always some people that exist in that kind of consciousness, that they're not grateful. So if you're listening to this, you know, I'm not saying that people aren't grateful, okay? I'm just saying some people aren't grateful and they have expectations and they, they're, they're manifesting in, in lower consciousness. So it's important that, you know, we don't turn people away because of, but at the same time, that we don't um, turn a blind eye and just let people run amok. You know, it's, um, anyway, most, you know, most people have an understanding of that, but some people don't. Um, just talk goes on to say here, monkeys are amazing creatures, swing air away with messages of intelligence, intensity, and involvement. So these are intense times. These are in times of involvement, and you can see it by the fact that people have taken people from other countries in. You know, especially over the last little while. Perhaps you've forgotten that playfulness and that entertainment are good for the soul. Monkeys have a strong capacity for compassion, understanding, and bonding. These are all part of our human social makeup as well as they serve to remind us that a journey on this planet is not a solitary one. When it comes to solving problems, the monkey knows how to use their own ingenuity and resourcefulness to solve problems. If the monkey is your totem, you've got a penchant for uh, practical jokes and good-hearted trickery. Be wise and choose the objects of your tricks carefully. Um, I just want to add something else that I was thinking of. I, I, I've been watching this show, and I really don't want to, it doesn't matter what it's called, but um, there was this girl in this show, and she, you know, was immature or whatever you want to call it, and she was doing things and behind other people's back and almost like tricks, you know, playing tricks and sort of thing. And then she attracted that mirror to her. But, you know, we attract, If okay, say you're being a certain way. You may attract that mirror of your behavior around you. And a lot of people saying, why the heck? Is all this happening to me? Well, they're releasing that energy and that is coming out. In front. She started realizing, hey, this is, you know, the way I've been. And then she didn't like it, right? So this mirror, um, actually she broke up with him and it caused her to go to therapy. And she started looking at things around her. And this other girl who had kind of basically written all her friends off, when she came back, she had no one except this one girl that was basically her enemy to start with. And she opened up to her, and they realized, you know, I, I talked about on last week's show a little bit about this one girl. She had gone to her boss and, and basically asked for forgiveness because she realized what she had been doing. And she attracted a mirror, too, that was showing her exactly the way she was behaving and she was seeing it in front of herself and she said, I don't like this. Okay, so the reason I'm talking about it, you know, we may, the monkey is sort of part of that totem. You know, practical jokes and good-hearted trickery. It says, be wise and choose the objects of your tricks carefully. You know, um, now that humanity is clearing a lot of this energy, 
you know, there's things that are coming out of the closet. You know, like, you know, you remember that uh, that game? What was it called? Um, where you have to hook the monkeys together and you pull them out of the um, a barrel of monkeys. That's what it was called. So, just be careful. You know, if you've been doing things and playing tricks on people, be be prepared to have it maybe come back and fire at you, okay? I'm just seeing it around people, and I've had so many people come to me, why is this happening, you know? And whereas, you know, I went through that, and I looked at all my stuff and had understanding of it, and now I create things around me that are, you know, what is a reflection of within me, the peace and love and that sort of thing. So, and it says here, be wise and choose the objects of your tricks carefully. That's a time and a place for good humor, and this holds true for the recipient of our joke as well. So if the monkey is egging you to pull a good prank, and if the monkey is your guide, it will absolutely encourage shenanigans. Um, you know, it's funny. There's this hockey game, or hockey team, and they were called the shenanigans, and there's this guy. He he used to play tricks on people. I, maybe that's why they called the the team shenanigans. But it came back at him. He was doing something. Maybe he shouldn't have been. And he bum dialed his girlfriend, and she heard everything that he had been doing. And then he was doing other things to people. And unfortunately, it came back to haunt him. So make sure your humor is well-intended and the brunt of your joke will take your meaning as it's intended, okay? Because right now, because we're opening up higher things and higher chakras, these things will be reflected around us. I was talking last week about mirrors and stuff and these mirrors we put in front of us. You know, and then some people will go beyond and see beyond the self, and these mirrors will break. Okay, I'm I'm saying that, if it, you know, not literally. Okay. Anyway, it's it's important that you know if you're going to joke around with people, you don't do it to hurt people. So, anyway, they go on to say if a monkey has come to your dreams. It could mean that you're being deceived by a flattery in some way. Perhaps you are fooling yourself into thinking that everything is right with the world. In fact, things are completely the opposite. So remember I was telling you at the beginning of the show that, and then a little while ago, that what we don't want to face, you know, it comes back to us. So it's it's important to look at those things, okay? To see the things that are reflected in front of you and to have understanding of that. You, it's I know a lot more people are having that happen. So, and we're seeing these things, and they may not be nice things, okay? So you know, peop, some people are la di da di da. Everything's wonderful, you know. But we live in a 3D dualistic reality. So is everything right with the world right now when we're living in this reality? No. And often the opposite. 
And it says, if the monkey bites you, know that something you have said or done is coming back to bite you. Prepared to unruffle feathers. Monkey and dreams also remind us we have a sense of community. And this part of our soul needs to be fulfilled. So if you're having dreams about monkeys or you're seeing monkeys, you know, and I've, they've been showing monkeys. I've been seeing monkeys on Facebook a lot lately. People have been posting things about monkeys. And, you know, one of them looked like something from Dr. Zeus. They had a mustache. And I'm sure mustache, you know, means means a lot. So what are you seeing around you? And it has to do with community. It has to do with that part of our soul that needs to be fulfilled. Um, it, you know, the associations for monkeys, playfulness, understanding of excesses, so opposites, dualistic things. Aggression, ingenuity, family protection, intelligence, energy, action, dexterity, seriousness, distance, cleverness, mobility, movement through ego. You know, and when we open up chakras, you know, especially the ones above the head, ego becomes something that we become very aware of. And the e- it's not the ego completely disappears, but with some people it may. But it's going beyond the ego, okay, not letting the ego guide you. Um, also protection has to do with the monkey community, innovation, good luck, untamed nature, swiftness, ability to change environment, instinct, good health, honor, understanding, success, and dominion. So is the monkey your totem? You know, you you just got to see how it fits within your life right now. I wanted to talk about Valentine's Day. So um, maybe I'll talk a little bit about that now. You know, when we talk about Valentine's Day, almost in a way it's dualistic, okay? Masculine, feminine energy coming together. But it's it's blending, okay? You know, you've heard of the great loves and different people and different times and some of the like Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton a lot of people say had a great love they couldn't stick together and they couldn't live apart and they ended up being married twice so this that's you know dualistic love I'll give you an example of that so I just want to do a little history I think a video might pop on but hopefully not I'll try to stop it before it clicks on but um February the 14th is the day that, um, you know, and other places around the world that, no doubt see, that. I told you that that would, I knew that was going to pop on. And it still wants to pop on. I don't know why this won't sh- <laughs> shut off. <laughs> I'm okay. Let's see what's going on here. It's I. It's on two places. Uh, well, okay. I got it shut off. You know what? In a way, love is very loud in 3D. Okay. I just want to talk about the legend of Saint Valentine, and the, it has to do with the patron saint, and it's shrouded in mystery. And it's, I think it was originally a pagan holiday, and this is the way that Christianity was trying to 
kind of get people away from that and to celebrate, you know, something different, more positive, maybe. Um, but it's a month of romance, and St. Valentine's Day, as you know, it contains vestiges of both Christian and ancient Roman tradition. But who was St. Valentine, and how did he become associated with this ancient rite? It says approximately 150 million Valentine cards are exchanged annually, making Valentine's Day the second most popular card, sending holiday after Christmas. So I guess a lot of people will be giving, in schools and things, will be giving cards out this Friday because Valentine's Day is on Sunday. You know, this coming Sunday. The Catholic Church recognizes at least three different saints named Valentine or Valentinus of all whom are martyred. One legend contends that Valentine was a priest who served during the 3rd century in Rome when Emperor Claudius II decided that single men made better soldiers than those with wives and families. He outlawed marriage for young men. Valentine, realizing injustice of the degree, defied Claudius and continued to form marriages for young lovers in secret. So when Valentine's actions were discovered, Claudius ordered that he be put to death. And other stories suggest that Valentine may have been killed for attempting to help Christians escape harsh Roman prisons where they're often beaten and tortured. According to one legend, an imprisoned Valentine actually sent the first Valentine greeting himself after he fell in love with a young girl. So possibly his jailer's daughter who visited him during his confinement. Before his death, it's alleged that he wrote her a letter signed from your Valentine, an expression that is still used in used today. So the truth behind the Valentine legend is Mercury or murky, and all stories emphasize his appeal as a sympathetic hero, heroic, and most important romantic figure. By the Middle Ages, perhaps, thanks to this reputation, Valentine would become one of the most popular saints in England and France. Anyway, they talk about Valentine's Day, a pagan festival in February. But, you know, when we're living in fifth dimensional consciousness, it's important we don't, you know, a lot of people get all up in arms about the past and that sort of thing. And maybe there are people that are still practicing in a negative way certain things. But it's important that we look at it as a day of love that celebrates love. We should celebrate it every day of the year. I live in that consciousness, but, you know, not everybody is living in that consciousness. So one out of 365 days is better than nothing, right? Okay, I'm joking. Well, some believe that Valentine's Day is celebrating the middle of February to commemorate the anniversary of Valentine's death or burial, which probably occurred around 8270. Others claim that the Christian church may have decided to play St. Valentine's Feast in the middle of February as an effort to Christianize the pagan celebration. So, And it was um, a fertility f- um, festival, apparently, and uh, to the Roman god of agriculture. So, and they've said about, and this is also a festival to uh, celebrate the Roman founders of Romulus and Remus, to, you know, celebrate them. Anyway, um, it's a day of romance, and Anyway, it says, during the Middle Ages, it was commonly believed in France and England that February 14th was the beginning of the birds' mating season, which added to the idea the middle of Valentine's Day would be great for a romance. So I'm just going to get a drink of water. 
Valentine's greetings were popular as far back as the Middle Ages. Though written, it says here, Valentine's didn't appear until after the 1400s. The oldest known Valentine still existing today was a poem written in 1415 by Charles, the Duke of Orleans, to his wife while he was in prison in the Tower of London following his capture at the Battle of Agincourt. And the greeting is now part of the manuscript collection of the British Library in London, England. Several years later, I believe the King Henry V hired a writer named John Ligate to compose the Valentine note to Catherine of Valos. So, in addition to the United States, Valentine's Day is celebrated in Canada, Mexico, and the United Kingdom, France, and Australia. In Great Britain, Valentine's Day began to be popularly celebrated around the 1700s. By the middle of the 18th, it was common for friends and lovers of all social classes to exchange small tokens or affection of written notes. So by 1900, printed cards began to replace written letters due to improvements in writing technology. Ready-made cards were an easy way for people to express their emotions in a time when direct expressions of one's feelings were discouraged. So very, you know, emotionally cloistered times. Cheaper postage rates also contribute to an increase in popularity of sending Valentine's Day greetings. So Americans probably began exchanging handmade Valentines in the early 1700s. In the 1840s, Esther A. Holand began selling the first mass-produced Valentines in America. Holand, known as the mother of uh, Valentine, made elaborate creations with real lace, ribbons, and colorful pictures known as scrap today. According to Greeting Card Association, an estimated 1 billion Valentine's Day cards are sent each year, making Valentine's Day the second largest card-setting holiday of the year, so besides Christmas. So that's kind of an amazing thing. So I just thought I'd mention that. And then they, they also have an article here about um, the world's greatest romantics. And um, I did mention you know, the first one, and they they say Sappho, and he was, let me see, the poet Sappho, a, a woman Plato called the 10th muse, born around 610 B.C. on the island of Lesbos. Now, part of Greece, she is said, had been married to Sir Callias, a wealthy man, and, um, you know, this is a lot of this is legend. She leaped to the sea to her death because of her own Kind of love a younger man, the sailor, pound on. Anyway, so that's one of them. Vatsyayana, author of the Kama Sutra, V-A-T-S-Y-A-N-A-N-A. And everybody knows what the Kama Sutra is, the book of, you know, sexual eroticness. Anyway, he they say here he was a celibate scholar who lived in a classical India around the 5th century A.D. And they say it's unlikely he would have been the candidate to write the history best-known book of erotic love. But in his famous book, actually a collection of notes on hundreds of years of spiritual wisdom passed down by ancient sages, he wrote that he intended the Kama Sutra as the ultimate love manual and a tribute to Kama, and that was the god of love. So it, though it has become famous for its sections on sexual instruction, the book actually deals much with pursuit of fulfilling relationships and provided a blueprint for courtship and marriage. 
in upper class Indian society at the time. So he intended it to be a way of people, you know, keeping their love. Shah Jahan, Emperor of uh, India from 1628 to um, 1658, commissioning one of history's most spectacular buildings, the Taj Mahal, in honor of his much-beloved wife. And anyway, I'm just trying to get through this. To his At his side was Mumtaz Mahal, or the chosen one of the palace. Shah Jahan's wife since 1612, the favorite of his three queens. She died in 1631 after giving birth to the couple's 14th child. Legend has it with her dying breath, she asked her husband to promise to build the world's most beautiful mausoleum for her. Six months after her death, the grieving emperor ordered construction to begin. So it was built with love. And then they talk about Casanova. You can do a little bit more reading about that. And then they even go on to say Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley and talk about her. Great love story, Richard Wagner, and he wrote uh, comic romantic opera Tristan and Isolde. And he, it says because of his thwarted passion for Matilda Wessendock, the wife of a wealthy merchant, so he was able to express that. King Edward the Eighth, and he married Mrs. Simpson. So we all know about that story. Edith P. Pilaf. She was marked by a lot of sickness and tragedy, but she had that beautiful voice. Um, born Edith Giovanni Gashon in 1915, she was abandoned by her mother and reared by her grandmother. While traveling with her father, a circus acrobat, she began singing for pennies on the street. She was discovered by a cabaret promoter who renamed her Pilaf for Sparrow, and it says he was later brutally married, I mean murdered. Edith enjoyed a mercoric raised, uh, rise to stardom, and by 1935 was singing in the grandest concert halls in Paris. She was twice married, but her great love was boxer Marcel Serdan, a world middleweight champion who was killed in a plane crash. So they sang, she sang the equally romantic hymn de l'amour celebrate all over the world as one of the, her best loved ballads after a lifelong struggle. She died of liver cancer in the French Riviera, and her grave is one of the most visited in Paris world famous Père Lachaise Cemetery. And then there's Kathleen Wooden Viss. Uh, she was a young wife and mother and b- began writing romantic, you know, she wrote romantic fiction for women. So she's another one. And they talk about, uh, you know, Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor. So there has been many great romances, and uh, they might not have been, you know, that easy relationships, but they were intense ones. So Valentine celebrates basically that part of ourselves. And one of my friends, I had put a picture of Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton on Facebook, and he says, um, old, old souls who were partners. And it also mentions Paul Newman and his wife. 
Joanne Woodward. Those those are intense people too. Ah, I want to talk about the year of the Yang Red um, Fire Monkey. Okay, that's from February the eighth, two thousand and sixteen, to Friday, January twenty seventh, two thousand and seventeen. So, February the eighth, two thousand and sixteen, to January twenty seventh, two thousand and seventeen. I am the seasoned traveler of the labyrinth, the genius of Alastriti. Wizard of Impossible, my brilliance is yet unmatched in its originality. My heart's filled with potent magic that would cast a hundred spells. I am put together for my own pleasure. I am monkey. But it's important we think about beyond that, okay? The lunar year of the Yan Red Monkey runs, like I said, from those dates. It's a year of adventure, discovery, questions, answers, when luck can strike at brilliant times and fortunes can turn in the blink of an eye. So it's also when humanity goes through this purification. So that's pretty powerful. Risk, strategy, learning, change, and progress feature prominently in the monkey year. So it's under the influence of elemental fire and the monkey's fixed element of metal. It's an era of building, creating, and forging ahead. So we're creating a whole new reality. We're hurdling obstacles with remarkable ease and reaching for the stars. It's a year of blazing opportunity and wild passions. A roller coaster ride of the senses, and sometimes all you can do is hang on and surrender to the journey. You know, I talked about you know, people having their own agenda. Well, this isn't about just one person, okay? It's best to take nothing for granted. The monkey is wise, but also unpredictable and given to bouts of jealousy, suspicion, or temper tantrums. Well, maybe some love has been that way, too, in duality. So we're going beyond that. Trust is difficult this year. Nonetheless, you may recall that the space age officially began in 1956, a fire monkey year. So expect to see innovative developments in science, technology, education, and commerce, and performance arts as we begin that jaunt into Aquarius, which is much of the same thing, okay? So the overview. The nimble monkey is an opportunist, even in difficult circumstances. This canny creature finds ways to overcome and succeed, often with a laugh at the loser's expense. So we have to see beyond that. It's important to keep a sense of humor and perspective this year, as you always win at many things, but you can't always win them all. Even the strategic warrior, the monkey, knows that he who also laughs and runs away lives to laugh another day. So it says the year of the monkey colors is white, gold, blue, red, and purple. You know, it's funny that I'm seeing those colors, okay? On a higher level, I'm, I'm talking about, in higher realms. Especially um, the blue and the red and the purple. Those are the ones I'm really seeing. Okay. The numbers are 1, 3, and 9. And I've talked a lot about the number 9 recently. And the universal number 2016 is 9. This is my magical year also. And I entertain is a motto. And it's metal. And it's yang. So it says the hours of the monkey is 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. And sun sign, corresponding to this, is Leo. This is the brave energy. So this is uh, 
season of the monkey, summer, August. This is when the energy is really going to shift. And I talked about that on the last two shows. So go back and listen to that. I have understanding a little bit more about that. And the gemstones are jade and topaz, metals, iron and gold, dandelion and stage of the flowers. So it's a yin fire year. I mean, it's a yang fire year, sorry. I don't know why I said that. Yang fire year. Fire shapes metal, but also can be destructive. Elements of chaos and creation dance together. It was talking about creation and, you know, creating things. We have to be careful about that creative energy, especially when we're going through this transition, you know. Scams, delusion, and illusions are plentiful, and it's seen beyond those things. The psychological factors have a strong influence. Often it's not what you see, but how you see it that matters. So that's important. The monkey is a born performer and can keep you enthralled for hours. Charismatic and resourceful, this zodiac sign has a sharp wit combined with old-world charm, a multi-tiered sense of humor, and a bag full of tricks. Monkey can improvise with originally in sizzling style, but also ready to put an unexpected new twist on classic ideas so it brings glamour carnival like feeling to this 2016 to 2017 masquerades and mysteries abound we see revival performances such as burlesque cabaret and vaudeville you know it's funny i was seeing that on 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 something i was watching they had this wedding and they decided you know this person was middle eastern the wife and so instead of having belly dancers that they normally would have they had burlesque dancers and everybody was like oh my god is this you know what are they doing here (laughs) so they're kind of making a resurgence i think so the theater flourishes take center stage so dance music circus improv and physical comedy and stand-up so it's interesting to note that the zodiac the monkey years always in leap years you know and i talked about leap years i think not last week's show but um the one i did in january so i've done one show in january and i this is the second show i've done in february so 2016 is no exception so in lunar solar calendars such as the chinese an extra month is added instead of a day so that's kind of interesting in years like this, we're often apt to get a blue moon. This is an additional moon in one season, resulting in four moons instead of usual three. In 2016, the blue moon is due on May the 21st. Despite its name, the moon is not actually blue. Origin of the name remains nebulous. Anyway, so once in a blue moon, you've heard of that, right? So something unusual. Yin energies may be particularly intense at this time. You may notice some strange magic astir. So I was saying yang, but I was feeling the yin. So it's kind of dualistic energy sometimes. Uh, they talk about the power of the sun, the yang or the fire energy infuses with golden nurturing glow, solar power, attunes to achievement, inspire great things. So it's a lot of creative energy. Okay, positive forward motion with happy results. So it may seem like a lot of work, and we're doing a lot of work this year, but it's a level of, you know, change. I I don't want to read through all this because they talk a lot about accumulating wealth in the year of the monkey. Um, 
just be aware that sometimes things are done and ideas are put in our head for us to spend money because certain people are greedy and it has to do with banks and different things. They want more money. And I talked about it on last week's show. So it might be a year that we look at, you know, maybe putting a little money aside. And they talk about the number nine and the feng shui flying stars and um, all that sort of stuff here. So you can go and take a little better look at it. Um, I might post this with a thing. It's www.happywishingwell.com, year of the monkey, 2016-17HTM. So I just I could read on that forever. Ah, okay. Let's see. There was something else I wanted to talk about. Um, maybe a little bit more about the eighth chakra. Okay, I just want to let people know. Some people do he- are in the healing arts. Just make sure that all your chakras are open. You know, people that are, are healers have all those chakras open. So, if you don't have your eighth chakra open, don't try to open somebody else's eighth chakra. It might screw that person up, okay? So people that actually have healing abilities, and you know, a lot of indigos and crystals do because they have all those chakras open, and you know, humanity that are opening it up. Um, clairvoyance, you know, and like I was talking about dream recall and lucid dreaming are related to this chakra. So it's important that we, you know, like maybe this isn't a time to be healing other people. It's a time to be looking at your own stuff, okay? Okay. These spiritual abilities that I was talking about, they vary according to how much you have the upper chakras open up okay but they include i didn't get around to talking about them last week but clairvoyance and it has something to do with out-of-body travel but it goes beyond astral travel okay because people that don't have this chakra open astrally can astrally travel you know people that have nothing open beyond the third eye they they do do that type of travel. But, you know, the outer bodies become one body when you open up this higher chakra. So you, I know a lot of people say, how do you remember all your dreams? I don't remember my dreams. Well, you don't have your eights. Sorry, people, you don't have your, if you don't remember your dreams and you're not having lucid dreams, you don't have that eighth chakra open. And you'll find that you have healing gifts once you have this open, and telepathy, and empathy. Like I was saying, this friend of mine, he opened up his upper heart and his crown and the eighth chakra. You know, some people call it the ninth chakra. They call the upper heart the eighth chakra, depending on what you're reading. But anyway, he opened them all up simultaneously, and it was like he almost had a heart attack, but I don't mean a heart attack, physical heart attack. It was like he was overloaded with empathy. 
So this empathic ability gets triggered. You know, so people that are running around and they're very empathic, they have that opened. So if you don't care about other people and you don't even, you're not feeling responsible for any of your behavior, you're bearing and this part of yourself is closed down. So just be aware of that. So a lot of those people that are doing all these nasty things and they think they're doing it because they're going to be illuminated, it's like fooling yourself. It's like the, looking at the monkey in the mirror, okay? And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that you're not speaking your own truth and you're not seeing your own truth. And that is something that's you know important right now to go into higher consciousness for sure. So the programming for this stuff sits in the the seventh center, okay? But, you know, on the crown, kind of a passageway that goes, you know, of course, between each chakra, but it triggers the eighth to open up. But there's also, once that opens up, it triggers higher chakras, but then they in turn trigger other things within. So when this eighth chakra begins to open, you know, like I was talking about earlier, you may not see all these things, all all these abilities may not come to you. So until you've got your 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th open, you know, a lot of these abilities won't be totally open, okay? So the thing is, you know, we are manifestors, and we're manifesting for the greater good. I always manifest that people will be able, in my prayers and my prayers of light, that people will open up their hearts and won't live in fear. And when you don't live in fear, these chakras start to open up. When you feel empathy for other people, then higher chakras open up. So this this has been programmed to do that. So, uh, you know, beings that haven't done this won't be able to go into higher consciousness okay so it's 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 work you know you can have it happen instantly but for most people it's it's uh it's a bit of work okay so that's why this is a year of purification because this is what humanity is doing as a collective consciousness so if you start to travel out, out of your body you know i was laying in bed the other morning, and I looked up and I saw somebody standing there. Maybe they were curious about me. But I believe it was somebody that had triggered that part of themselves and it was something new that they were doing. Okay? But advanced out-of-body travel skills, and I've been telling people to stay in their body right now for the last, you know, little while because all these, you know, to activate and open these chakras, it's important to stay in the body. Even I've been doing that. So when you go beyond, you know, that eighth chakra and you open up the higher chakras, you may find you're traveling out of the solar system. I've heard people tell stories, indigos, that they go back to the Pleiades. You know, and and also, you know, the sense of time and space is different when you open up these higher chakras. 
So you can move backwards and forwards in time because you're at one point, you're living in that moment. So, but that doesn't usually happen. You know, traveling in time and space or whatever you want to call it. That's um, because you're aware that everything happens at the same moment. And that usually happens when the 12th chakra is opened up. A lot of people think suddenly that they're going crazy. But it's 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 an awakening. You know, when people talk about people being asleep. Once you get that eighth chakra open and the higher ones, you're aware, okay? So clearing fear is what we're doing when we're opening that eighth chakra, opening up higher chakras. You know, the awareness of fifth dimensional consciousness happens after we open our throat chakra, right? And other things are activated in the higher chakras. But um, some people that start facing their fears should um, be aware that you can ask for help and to face these these things and see beyond fear. And whoever's listening right now, uh, you are in my prayers. All people are in my prayers to have this this open up and these abilities to be done in, in good stead with the connection to source energy, okay? Like I said last week, um, the eighth chakra holds a lot of karmic residue. So it's a time where we're awakening, but we're also shedding a lot of that. So dealing with a lot of karmic issues right now. But it's all good in the long run. And like that Leo energy that I was talking about a couple weeks ago or, or maybe a month ago, that is the energy that helped humanity be able to trigger this. And the monkey energy, you know, being adventurous, you know. So just be aware of that. So the thing is, you know, I'm putting the intention at people open themselves up, do it with love and see themselves as being capable of it, of opening themselves up. So it's evolving past the human condition out of the pain body. So it's opening yourself up. So... The seventh chakra, the crown chakra, it's important that get opened up too. You know, all the other chakras. So, you know, when I say to people, you know, humanity's opening the the eighth chakra, it's because they've opened up the other chakras. So it's not it's not an idea to open up the eighth chakra if you haven't got the other ones open. So there are exercises you can do and put out the intention that you open up each chakra. You can do it quickly or you can do it slowly. 
but it will happen the way it's meant to happen. I'm just going to go check in the chat room because I haven't uh, said too much. Uh, I'm just reading here what somebody just said. It says, okay, some pe- the people are talking about dark magic here. Uh, yeah, there's been different things that have happened. Which is, okay, we're talking about self-centered consciousness. Uh, by self-centered, I think they mean the focus is on the self. Um, there is, we have to look at ourselves and love ourselves and look within. But when we start, you know, being self-centered and everything is about the me, that it is dark magic. Okay, that person agrees with me. Uh, Chris says, one of the reasons we need to be working continuously on our moral character is so we do not become tempted to use our awakened abilities in egocentric matter, which is very easy to slip into for anyone. Yeah, because the ego still exists. But also, if we start to do that, then the other things shut down. They won't open up. Okay. I, I I work with people and they wanted me to open up things and I said, you know, I I used to do a lot of healing work. I don't want to do that because if you're not ready for it too. Okay. So it's it's not an idea, you know, healer that starts opening these upper chakras when the other ones haven't been stabilized and opened, you know, when you open up the eighth chakra too, the foot chakra, or how do I say it, the, the chakras on the bottom of the feet open up too to give you balance and to um, stabilize things because there's a lot going on there. It just talks here about there was a time when high initiates would manifest the pupils guardian of a threshold in physical form through ritual acts that these had a goal of lofty elevation well, that's why things have changed. Okay, so people that are doing all this aren't finding that they're having the results they want because things have been... I do notice that somebody has maybe a question. Area code 219. Hello, 5th Dimensional Radio, Diane speaking. Are you there? Hello? 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 Yeah, I can I can hear you now. I couldn't at the beginning. Do you have a question at all or something you're curious about or Oh yes, I'm sorry. Um Yes, I'm wondering how um I'm feeling stuck at the moment which is causing me to question about continuing with school and I don't know how to find out, focus on if I should stay with the school or just take a break and move on. Okay. Um, are, are, are you, is it because of all the stuff that's going on with the crown chakra and the upper chakra? Are you having, like, a lot of karmic clearing? Um, more of, I would say, the upper chakra. Okay. It's it's not an easy time for a lot of people. Now, 
What are you taking in school? Um, psychology. Psychology? Right. Well, that might be something that actually opens you up to what you're mirroring. It's mm-hmm. only if you allow it to, though. Okay. So, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that sometimes when we open up these upper chakras, you have to do it in love or, you you know, you're facing a lot of this stuff that has been held within you. And then it can create, you know, kind of like a, what do you call it, a slamming of chakras. Um, mm. That's why I say to ground yourself before you uh, do any of this work. I, I talked about it, I believe, on last week's show. But um, it, it's only, you know, you can do some meditation and stuff and, and decide for yourself if right now, um, you know, you can, whether that's what you really need to do. Okay. But I would say yeah, for you to meditate a couple times a day at least. Okay. And those are times when you're not doing any work. You're just allowing your energy to flow. And do it in the moment. You even go out in nature too. Okay. I'm just, let me I'm getting that you're you're starting to open up your upper heart chakra. Yes. Are you having like chest pain or anything or tightness in your chest? Tightness and um tightness and short breath sometimes. Yeah, some people it opens instantly and other people it it just takes a little while. Uh I'm doing a little clearing of the energy. But, you know, it's you that's going to open it up. Mm -hmm. But I would just say to... You know, I've I've talked on shows about how we, you know, in dualistic kind of uh, 3D reality, um, a lot of those thoughts that we have going on in the head, Mm -hmm. and some of them are manifestations of the pain body or the fear body or whatever you want to call it. Um, One of the things you can do is when you get those thoughts is to write them down and kind of look at them and release them because they've been kind of programmed Mm -hmm. in this 3D reality because, you know, when you have a splitting like opposites and things like that. There's going to be, when you have love, you're going to have fear, right? Yeah. So basically you're going from that fear-based materialistic reality into another type of consciousness. Mm. Okay. And there's, you know, you could do it instantly because I've seen people do it instantly. And then... But it's 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 even a little bit confusing for for a person. But I would say just continue the way you're doing it. 
I do see that energy, you know, you had a lot of congestion around that chakra, mm-hmm. and a lot of it's gone now. Oh, God. So just, um, you'll find that things that you feared or things that were that you thought were things you sh- should fear, I, this is what I'm reading in you, really aren't are part of that, are part of that. Um, and then once you see that you don't have to live or focus on those thoughts, then you'll rise above it. Okay? But it, it's just all in um, in mindset. You may want to focus on, you know, the school stuff, but I would say keep away from television and a lot of that stuff right now for a little while because there's a lot of suggestibility and things, you know, because you're at that kind of, uh, I talk about like a blurring of energy. You're, you're ready to step across that line. So you want to focus on the things that will take you past that line. And it's, you know, focus on the positive things that you have in your life. And things that are, like don't surround yourself with people that are really negative and that sort of thing. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that, but I'm just saying for now that it's better not to be around people like that because they can lower your, vibrational level if you're not firmly entrenched in that energy. This is just what I'm picking up from you. So, there is there times where you just want to scream? Are you there? Okay. Well, like I said, it's, it's you know, I've been through it myself, and it might have been a few years ago, but what we have are things put in front of us to help us get beyond, you know, what we have been experiencing. And, it, and it, it it's, look at it as an adventure. I somehow think that, you know, the monkey right now is an important energy because it's adventurous energy. And look at the adventure of it, you know, the, and what you're going to have when when this is all done. So it's it, it's. Do you understand what I mean? Are you still there? Okay. Well, it sounds like. Um, Hello. Yeah, I, I clicked on the thing to see if I I didn't know what was going on. I couldn't hear you. No, I was muted. <laughs> yeah, that was oh, weird because I, I didn't do it. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, why am I muted? <laughs> anyway, maybe the, there was something I had to say to you that you had to listen to. I, I don't know. But I, I clicked on it again, and then you all of a sudden, you're, um, you, I could hear you again. Mm-hmm. So um, are yes, there times where you feel like you just want to scream? Yes, that's what I was going to say. Yes, I do. 
Yeah, I, I think, how come she's not saying anything? <laughs> but, yeah. um, yeah, because I can feel that about you. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just because when you go from one way of seeing things and you have all that energy, yeah. I can see all the energies like, it's all like lining up and stuff. And, um, it can be under it, it can be overwhelming a little bit. Yeah, and that's the hard part when it's overwhelming. What to do about yeah. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, know that you know I I see really good energy around you, and I know that you can do it. And especially since I've cleared some of that. Um, you know, clearing is different than actually removing something. I just cleared whatever was congested around it. But, mm-hmm. you know, you're the one that opens this up. Like I, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little bit more I have to talk about. So um, I would say to you, you know, um, focus on the good things right now. Okay. Okay. All right, thank you. And don't give up. <laughs> yes. But it's call wrong. back to the show. I, I'd like to hear what's been going on with you. Okay? Okay. All right, thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Oh. Okay. That, you know, sometimes um, things happen for a reason, but um, we're all like a diamond in the rough. And, um, you know, I'm I'm seeing a lot of that diamond energy around people. Um, I was talking about the eighth chakra. When it first opens up, there are all these interactions. I was I was seeing this, um, the chakras changing within humanity. But they talk about spokes within the chakras, energy coming out and that sort of thing. I was reading somewhere it can go from 6,000 to 10,000 spokes, depending on what chakras are open up within you. And I was saying that I was seeing, um, before the eighth chakra opened up, it, it, the energy had fallen down. So if you if you didn't listen to last week's show, anybody who's listening to the show, please go back. And it kind of explains that it goes down to the heart. And the heart opens up. Um, and the crown chakra opens up before the eighth opens up, so it all it all happens within a sequence. Okay. So anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. I've got about about fifteen minutes of the show. I'll try to, um, you know, talk about a few other things that I was wanting to talk about. I I think I mentioned Jasper, and you know, Jasper was one of the the stones that. Um, basically opens up with a bunch of other stones us to the higher levels. But it's just symbolic, basically, okay? So I want to talk about Jasper. And in the old days, I think Jasper was a lot clearer. They had better Jasper back then or a different type of Jasper. Um, but, you know, I, I've, I've been to British Columbia and I've seen and bought Jasper. And uh, it's golden sunshine, Um a nighttime sky, poppy fields or deep green forests, desert sands, undulating ocean rock, rock canyons, sweeping mountains. Each stone is a masterpiece 
of the Creator, bold and primitive in style, solid and earthly, and with warm, harmonious energy. So, I was talking about grounding energy, and when we open up this eighth chakra, to be able to manifest, we have to have that grounding energy, but we manifest from those higher chakras, right? But Jasper is an elemental earth stone, and its frequency is is slow and constant, so it aligns with electrical magnetic energies of the planet within ours, too. And it's grounding, okay? So that's why I'm I'm talking about the stone. It's um, it's around in nature. It encourages one to celebrate moments of isolation, to absorb, reflect, and connect with these energies and rekindles an awareness. So that might be a stone with somebody that's feeling that fear energy and not feeling that calmness when they feel all this energy, you know, a lot of people don't understand what's going on around them. They don't see that energy shifting, but they know something's going on. And it can cause a lot of tension. And a lot of this karmic stuff's being released. So a lot of humanity are agitated, and they don't know why. So this is a grounding stone and, and causes stability. You know, each kind of stone represents... um the stones I'm going to talk about anyway, about um, different chakras and different things like that. But I'm, I'm going to just mention this stone at the moment. And it provides comfort and security, strength and healing. So if you're feeling agitated, do a lot of uh, meditation, but try to do it sitting on the earth or standing on the earth. And it helps make you feel whole and peaceful, Okay. But it has to do with the physical, to balance all those chakras, the lower chakras and stuff, to be able to um, open up the other ones, okay? And they, they go on to say it was worn by shamans, priests, and kings. And it's sacred and powerful stone for the physical world and the spiritual realm. So you're, you're balancing the physical world energy and this opening up to the physical energy that allows you to feel that spirituality within you. They talk about here about the Egyptians with the symbols. This is crystalvaults.com and um, Jasper, okay? So if you want to look it up. Uh, They use this a lot in engraving cylinder seals, signet rings, and special talismans depicting astrological and religious image. It was a 12 stone in the breastplate of the Jewish high priest. And the apostle Peter is supposed to have derived his name from Jasper the rock, upon which the Christ would build his church. In the medieval world, the Native Americans, Jasper was the rain bringer and highly regarded. I hear that um, there's a lot of snow going to fall in Ontario right now. And, and snow holds a lot of emotional energy. And I'm just feeling that this jasper allows you to go to a deeper level. And I talked about the times right now. It's allowing humanity to go to a deeper level. This jasper is a dense, opaque, microcrystalline variety of quartz. So it's got a lot of fibrous and grainy qualities. But it's grouped together 
and and sometimes there's different types. It's called chalcedony. Uh, but jaspers, microcrystals, are laid out in large sugar-like grains rather than fibrous layers of chalcedony or agate. It occurs in nodules or fillings and fissures and can be found all over the world nearly every color. And jasper is colored by the oxides of iron and known for its deep earthy tones of red, yellow, brown, and green, sometimes in the shades of purple or blue. I was talking about how I was seeing purple and blue energy, but I was also seeing some yellow and green. So I know that this is the type of energy that helps ground people. So you can do a little bit more about it. There's different types of jasper, and they talk about what the different ones do and that sort of thing. But know that it's a very grounding energy. Uh, wear or carry jasper to alleviate stress. So that lady that called in, should have asked her name, but um, to alleviate stress and reduce and induce tranquility, okay? That might be a stone that you need to have with you right now. And it it's physically healing, emotional healing, and it's uh, jasper, jasper is also chakra healing uh, on the base chakra and, you know, the earth chakras, the feet and that sort of thing. And it will align and um, heal the aura and the chakras. And so, you know, the lower chakras that you have, it will really open those up, help you with that. And then then the heart chakra will be able to open in the other ones. So that, this is a really important, um, they say, to meditate with, with Jasper too. And the angelic realms. Um, it's the stone of the archangels Haniel and Sandal Fun. Um, anyway, so... It could be something for your guardian angel, too. So just you know, go and do a bit of reading with that one. <clears throat> I also want to talk about amethyst. Because that's an important stone, especially now, too. You know, I talk about animal totems and things like that, but I also talk about things that have to do with um, balancing energy and things, the source, you know, allowed different crystals and things to grow that are extensions of that energy also, okay? Um, they talk about amethyst being, and this is meaningscrystalandjewelry.com amethyst, and it's a meditative and calming stone. So that's another, I was getting these really strongly before I came on, so I, I thought I'd better look them up. <clears throat> just in case there was something that I would miss or something. It works in the emotional, spiritual, and physical planes to provide calm, balance, patience, and peace. So I've been wearing my... I don't wear amethyst normally very often, but I've been wearing my amethyst earrings lately. They're they're, they're fair-sized amethysts. And it has to do with legal problems and money issues, And but... I'm talking about deprogramming, too, in those areas. You know, things have been put on television and stuff to make people spend money. So, because people are greedy that are affiliated with, you know, these banks and they have an agenda and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to focus on that stuff. I want to focus on things that people can do to get into higher consciousness, okay, or have it happen. It is happening, whether 
you know, it's showing up in the stars and around us, but it's really what's going on within us, okay? In the physical, uh, psychic and spiritual realm, amethyst is an excellent all-purpose stone that can increase spiritual and enhance intuition and psychic powers. So basically, it's like the eighth chakra stone, okay? And it helps clear the other chakras too. So it's excellent for meditation, lucid dreaming, like I was talking about, becoming aware. So if you start suddenly seeing that you remember your dreams and they're profound, you know that you're opening up that H chakra, okay? Um, it helps channel telepathy and then like things that have to do with karmic energy, past life stuff, and then clairaudience, clairvoyance, and communication with angels. But also, you know, the Akashic records, like I talked about last week, and the when the H chakra is opening depends on how if the higher ones are open or not. Um, it also protects against psychic attacks, especially when you're doing spiritual work. So it's not only a psychic protection stone, but it's also used to protect one from thieves and protect protect travelers. So used in crystal healing to help personal losses and grief and that there's a lot of that that comes up when you do the karmic work and that you're opening that eighth chakra up okay so it helps you bring out those things in a gentle way so the amethyst has gently sedative energy that can promote peacefulness happiness and contentment it's also said to bring emotional stability you know so you have all these I, I talked about last week's show, you're having all these things coming to the surface and you're like, ah, you know, like, why is this happening? And I've had people say to me, like, it's, it's driving me nuts. But um, it'll help you release these gently and have more emotional stability and inner strength. So you can also, you know, if you don't have an amethyst, you can also visualize this amethyst color, you know, or ultraviolet because, you know, some people can't see ultraviolet, but that's one of the colors that I'm seeing is this ultraviolet color around me, okay? So I know that it has to do with this. I have these abilities because I do have these chakras open. So, uh, And I have done healing work, and I do healing work for the earth now, mainly. This stability and strength not only helps one to hold one's firm in one's life it can also enhance flexibility and cooperation to be flexible at, at need is a sure sign of strength so it's well known it's from the ancients as a sobriety stone is to prevent drunkenness so if you have addictions which you know um when you're dealing with karmic stuff and you're high, bearing things people use alcohol and other things to um you know, not deal with things, right? So once you start dealing with these things, the need for alcohol and to have these addictive behaviors like smoking, like a lot of people that are now opening up the heart chakra, a lot of them are smoking like chimneys. Because <laughs> I've seen it, okay? It's because they have to deal with this destructive compulsive behavior they're being it's being mirrored in front of them they might have people around them that have this energy but it's important to look at those things right now okay and and that's why i talk about these things and bring them up and um see what else i can talk about i've got a few more minutes but 
uh, I was I was doing a little bit of reading, and I'll try to go on a little bit more after the show. So if you're listening on the phone, you'll be able to hear me. But if you're listening um, on the radio or on your computer, you won't be able to. Okay, this is called God's Chemistry Set dot Blogspot dot ca 2011 12 atomic glue that holds things together you know i was talking on many shows about this um dark matter and energy that holds things together at different levels it holds things together but um i thought this is interesting they talk about atomic glue the force that holds the atom together you know when you have atoms you have even smaller little particles of energy and for some reason, you know, when we open up these different chakras, I'm just going to get a drink of water. And I'm going to go off air on the radio, but I will continue to talk. You know, um, we're having, uh, we're opening up things at a subatomic level when we shift energy within our bodies, okay? So I was seeing, like, a couple of weeks ago, I was, or even a week ago, I was seeing all this energy shifting. I thought, what the heck is going on? It almost looks like little points intersecting. And then I was reading this article that somebody had written about, about this um, energy kind of doing the same thing, and that it was like a Cupid's bow. And I, 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 all of a sudden, I had to buy this necklace that had a Cupid on it, that had an amethyst on it, too. I actually just thought of that. And it had a, a topaz on the bottom, like a blue topaz. But I was feeling, I guess, feeling that energy, and it was manifested in what I was putting in front of me. So getting back to this, you know, this energy, when it shifts, it unhinges and then moves, right? So people are, you know, if you can't see energy, not everybody can, right? But if you can, you're, you're, um, you've opened that part of yourself that's sensitive and you know something's going on, it can be a little disconcerting, like what the heck's going on? It can make you feel jumpy and that sort of thing. Because it's kind of pointy energy. Anyway, that's why I guess I'm talking about this because I just found this article this morning. The concept of an atom was first proposed centuries ago as far as the 5th or 6th century B.C., Democritus, an ancient Greek philosopher, termed the and coined the term atomus, Greek word, in 450 BC, which means uncuttable or indivisible. So means at the smallest level, I guess. That's why they call these things atoms. They got it from that word. Until the 1800s, they thought that this was the smallest particle of matter. Indeed, some atoms, if you're con- you consider matter to be restricted to the elements of the periodic table and it goes on to discuss we discussed the basic structure of the atom back in the june of the atom atoms and elements i guess they have this other thing in their blog but it was discovered that atoms were composed of protons neutrons and electrons and you've all learned that in you know chemistry or physics in school at least some of us have and protons and neutrons make up the nucleus and have the most mass and all and the almost weightless electron orbits the nucleus in empty cloud shell. An atom is really 99.9999 plus empty space. 
So that is where the black or the dark matter is, okay? But it's something that holds physical matter together. So I'm saying it doesn't say here. In 1874, J. Johnson Stoney postulated a negatively charged electron, and in 1897, J.G. Thompson discovered it, the first subatomic particle. Ernest Rutherford's 1907 gold foil experiment showed that the atom is mainly empty space with almost all of its mass concentrated in teeny atomic nucleus. Thus, the quantum theory was born in 1918. Rutherford confirmed that the hydrogen nucleus was a single positively charged proton, and he speculated that all other atomic nuclei contain chargeless particles, which he named neutrons. James Chadwick discovered the neutron in 1932. Now, some for um, quite a while now, people have have known this. Maybe they're just sensitive or something like that. But now they're really they're proving it, right? So even more recently, two of the three particles are found to may, be made of even smaller particles. Electrons are a type of lepton, an elementary particle. Protons and neutrons are made of baryons, composite particles made of three quarks each. And a proton is composed of two up quarks. And it says two dash three plus and one quark down, which is one over three minus. A proton is positively charged. A neutron is composed of two down quarks, which is one out of three negative and one out of and one up quark, two over three plus, and has no charge. A quark is also an elementary particle, one of only 18 predicted to exist. Thus begins a very complex world of particle physics. They have a whole diagram of this, and it's like, wow, what we thought was the smallest particle, even just a short while ago, is composed of a whole bunch of different things, okay? And they have this composite particles and forces they show. And they, you know, talk about all these different particles, and then they talk about force carriers and electroweak theory and grand unified theory and theory of everything, and then forces, you know. So why am I talking about all this? We create, you know, um, the creator being or source energy. You know, people think, well, how did they create? They say, with just one word, everything in the universe was created. You know, when we manifest things, they just appear out of thin air, right? Sometimes they seem to. I've, like, said to myself, gee, I wish I had this type of cookie and my son shows up at the door with this cookie another time I was thinking of uh, this popsicle that I like and then somebody showed up at the door with a popsicle another time right on the show I talked about well I wish I had some chocolate somebody the doorbell rang and there was a box of chocolates delivered you know am I manifesting things or am I seeing these things you know what comes first the chicken or the egg you know that expression I really think that when we go into fifth dimensional consciousness, we can manifest things, okay? But we're doing it through source because we're part of that energy, okay? It doesn't make us 
gods. It doesn't make us God. But some people in duality misconstrue this. They've got this all kind of jumbled up within them. You know, when we open up all those different chakras, we have more um, understanding that we're part of uh, of this, okay? So anyway, they, they talk about the fundamental forces of nature here, the strong nuclear force, the weak nuclear force, electromagneticism, and gravity. And, you know, most of us understand the concept of gravity. What must goes up must come down. There's much more to them than that. Anyway, basically gravity is what holds objects of mass together, particularly objects of a large mass such as planets and stars. Okay, We also know the basics of electromagnetism. So when we're looking out at, in the morning and we see those five planets aligned, but they're you know they're they're on a different orbit all the time, but for some reason they're all by the by the sun at the same time. It's a reflection of what's going on within us, okay so they also talk about the basics of electromagnetism. who among us has not played with a magnet and iron filings to see the patterns that we can create, but again, there's more to the story as well anyway they they talk about. Electromagnetism is a force that holds atoms together. So we have the physical stuff, but we have these things that actually hold things together. And then besides that, we have this dark matter that holds everything together. When you think about it all, it's pretty amazing. So basically what I'm trying to say that there's some type of intelligence that has done this and created this. And then a lot of humanity thinks, well, we want to be gods. We want to be able to do this or whatever. You know, different people have said these sorts of things. It goes way beyond this this reality, Okay. The weak nuclear forces that hold the individual particles together to prevent radioactive decay and the strong nuclear forces actually holds the whole nucleus together, bonding the protons and the neutrons. The strong nuclear force is a form of atomic glue. You know, you've heard of people doing this atomic blast and you're, you're blowing matter apart, right? Well, that's not creative energy. We're talking about creative energy right now. The ability of the strong nuclear force to hold an atom's nucleus together exceeds the proton's natural tendency to push apart when acting at very close distances found between nucleons. As the spacing gets larger, the electric force takes over and the protons repel each other. So it has to do, it has, it's been set up in, in, in to be that way, okay? So the strong nuclear force holds the atomic nucleus together. And a strong nuclear force is created between the nucleons by the exchange of particles called mesons. And, you know, I could talk a lot about this sort of stuff, but I just wanted to get people the basic idea that all these forces might seem to go apart from each other, but working together, they all make perfect sense. And they're created to do that in perfect harmony. 
thing is, you know, creation of the creator energy and of source, we can't force things, okay? Whatever is happening is unfolding because of that creative energy, okay? That's the only reason why I wanted to mention all that. It can get really complicated if we let it. But the thing is that um, things are unfolding the way they they should be because, you know, and then people think, well, I'm going to do this and make this and this happen. And But it's, it's important that we, we be aware as a collective consciousness. It's not a joke, you know, it's, we're we're opening ourselves up to this creative energy, but it 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 takes great responsibility, and these gifts take great, great responsibility. You know, somebody in the chat room mentioned, you know, um, something about, you know, we have to take responsibility when we have these things. Well, we're just like a little drop in the ocean of this creative energy, you know. We have to have greater understanding and open ourselves up to this, to, ha- to have that understanding. And it only happens if we, we do a lot of clearing and we open ourselves up to it. And we can click into this, click into this knowledge and, and have a, a, you know, a bit more understanding about it. I put this picture on Facebook today and it's... Uh, Years ago, my little niece looked at me. She goes, oh, my gosh, Auntie, you've got sparkles around your head. And, and she was, like, looked kind of scared. And I know she was crystalline. And I just said to her, that's okay. That's, I, have, I have sparkles around my head. That's normal for me. They, you know, we have these sparkles. Well, I saw this picture of this little girl. And she's got her hands over her eyes because she's seeing these sparkles around her head. But she doesn't have understanding. That is it's part of her. And then I said, people have said different things. I said, I have sparkles around me. They make me smile. Smiles and tears are necessarily all part of the sparkles. So when we get given these gifts or we have these higher chakras open up, they're our gifts, but they're also tears. You know, because we're emotional beings. But the thing is to not put too much emphasis on the tear part of it, okay? Um, something I was going to read about um, consciousness, raising consciousness, and uh, I think I'll be able to find it. Um, you know, when I talk about bringing up this karmic energy, um, when the oldest female in the family does that clearing like I have, it opens up the rest of the people to be able to do it. Like my mother did it, I'm doing it, and I believe my sisters and my daughter are doing it, and my kids are doing it. You know, um, yeah, this that, that wasn't the article that I want to raise. It, it, but right now, um, just be aware that the only thing that we really have to be aware of is is love okay and being there for other people like the monkeys they hang out together they're having fun um but keeping our vibrational rate at at a certain point you know i was saying to the lady that called in you know you've got all this stuff going on and you're opening up 
something that's been locked down for a while, maybe even lifetimes. So what do you do to raise your vibrational rate within you? You know, I was talking about, you know, the special creative source energy and the miracle of life. And even at a subatomic level, you know, we're just starting to see that. But, you know, sages and mystics and things like what I am, we've, we actually can see this. It's pretty amazing stuff, okay? But, you know, so people throughout the ages have been able to see this energy, that's why they talk about all this stuff even before it was found, okay? So all creation is manifested from divine energy. And we know that the smallest, you know, part of that energy exists as pure energy. So the density of an object governs how fast that energy can physically vibrate. You know, that's why I mentioned all those uh, atomic energy and all that sort of stuff and you know i was talking about the electromagnetic and um, magnetic energy and uh, nuclear energy and then all that sort of thing when we shift consciousness we start to vibrate at a different level so the way we exist sort of changes our physicality actually changes anyway so some people can see it when we open up these higher chakras, we actually can see this energy, okay? So I'm talking about these things now because humanity has opened up that part of themselves that has more understanding. So I can talk about things a little bit more, I don't want to say complicated, but a little bit more of their understanding because they do have that understanding now or are opening themselves up to that understanding and, you know, it's not just physics and people that have taken physics. You know, people that have never taken any school would have understanding of this if they're connected to that energy, right? So, cool objects vibrate at a certain frequency. You know, and I've seen the Earth's frequency change. I was out doing some Tai Chi one morning with ladies from um, Malaysia a few years ago. I was at this conference, and I, I got all excited. I said, the pulse of the Earth is shifting, and they were like, they all stop and they feel it. Yeah, something's different. I was keying into that energy and then opening it up to them, okay? The major factor that limits people from uh, readily perceiving higher dimensions is because the frequency rate of vibration is outside the range of human perception. And part of this is because these higher chakras weren't open. These abilities to see things beyond this reality. They've always been there, but they have been locked down. And I talked a little bit about that on last week's show. So the thing is, you know, people have faith. They they believe in God, but why why do they believe in God? I, I had a friend who was um, an atheist, and he believed in energy. And I said, well, why do you believe in energy if you don't believe that energy is God or creative energy? And he goes, I don't know. But he suddenly was awakened and had this going, and he he looked at me and he says, I believe in God. So the only difference I saw in him was he opened up these chakras, but then he had. So it goes beyond faith. 
you know, they say faith is the ability to believe in something that cannot be perceived through the normal senses, okay? But, yeah, it goes beyond that. Just because somebody who's in 3D, you know, how, okay, you know, all these secret societies and stuff like that, you know, they're, oh, some of them are in lower consciousness, but why, how do they know about these things? Because they've had people within them that have been sages that have had that part open to them. So there's been things written down or they've read things that were written, you know, eons ago that they have access to. So it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist, okay? And then people that, you know, why do why do people believe that there's energy? Why have they gone to church? Well, maybe those churches were set up, but at the same for people to control them or whatever, but people had this longing and they knew about it that, you know, because this energy was shut down, they knew there was some type of connection. They didn't know how to get it back. You know, sometimes dogs can hear noises at high frequencies. You know, when you open yourself up to higher frequencies, and, you know, fear holds us back from being who we really are in duality. Once we get beyond that, when we go into higher frequency, we we see things and feel things, and energy opens up within us. And, you know, people call them chakras, but they become one chakra eventually. But there are people that see beyond these planes. You know, crystalline children, they do healing because they have these upper chakras open that I've you know, been talking about. So it's all about now this energy shifting within humanity, okay? And it's at a subatomic level that we, you know, people have no idea to some degree about, but they they have a feeling within themselves. You know, I, I was saying that, you know, some people like me, I can see the energy, but people have a sense and they feel something's going on, but they don't understand it. It's, it has to do with your higher self, okay? Because we, we exist in multi-dimensions. We exist at a higher level in other places. We may have been separated from that, but it's just to have an understanding of it that I'm talking about these things. For you, okay? You can raise your personal vibration level by doing energy work, okay? Or meditation, or connecting with source, or higher guides, guides of light. But I always say to people, ask, you know, in the name of source, who are, who are you, you know? But I connect to source. So this frequency work can be done by anybody but it's easier to do and easier to understand once you've unlocked these higher chakras so you may want to look at what you're doing right now and how you're acting to people around you because that eighth chakra is not going to open up if a person's self-centered so these certain healing abilities and clairvoyant abilities to some degree people can have them in the lower chakras, but they really start to get ignited when these upper chakras, you know. Solar consciousness is when you start to heal yourself, 
Okay, so what, you know, we, we, we talk about the eighth chakra being the soul. Maybe the soul comes from the word um, solar or to the light, you know. It's, it's surprising how many words have come from different things. But um, you heal and clear problems from your subtle bodies. You start to do that when you open up that eighth chakra. You know, you're you're healing at an emotional, physical, and mental and astral level and spiritual level, okay? Most of humanity have never gotten any higher than this, okay? But they're going beyond this, okay? It's important that humanity have a realization of what's really going on right now. You know, there's been light workers, there's been healers, spiritual teachers, but, you know, that's locking somebody into a certain program too, right? It's important that we do and see beyond what is in this reality because we're taking ourselves to a whole other reality. Um, When we go beyond this level, we go, you know, beyond the eighth chakra, we go to stellar consciousness. And we really start to deal with the karmic stuff on a major way. And um, we can instantly clear and open up our chakras. So the goal or what who we are, we're part of that divine being, the creator being. And maybe humanity has tried to be to do things and create things and do genetic testing and all this other different things, genetic manipulation, because they feel that within them or that connection to God. So we've always had that connection with Source, but it's just being open to that connection to Source. You know, they say that humanity's only had two strands of DNA open, but they're Activating 12 strands, which will be like, each one will have 12 strands. <clears throat> and then opening up the light body to have, a you know, 144 strands of DNA. Well, the original ones had 144 strands of DNA. They're going even beyond that, okay? So, you know, when you hear people talk about 144 strands of DNA, it's just opening up these different energy centers and um, interfacing with the divine energy. So, you know, we exist in a physical form, in a physical realm, but we're kind of staying in that physical realm where we're going at a higher frequency within physicality, right? And that's what um, ascension is, okay? It's just opening up your energy and vibrating at a higher level and going kind of to a different consciousness too. Um, Raising your vibration, asking to have your vibrational level opened up just means that your your subatomic physical part of yourself is is also vibrating at a higher level. And, you know, people say all of a sudden they have telepathy, intuition, you know, different types of ESP and um, awareness and more open to the truth. 
and connection with beings of light, like angelic beings and, and different things like that. So that's why it happens, okay? So it's, you know, sometimes people will start to hear like almost like a it within your head. Some people think it's coming out of the ear, but it's part of, um, you know, the pineal gland um, and bring in light energy. I've talked about that on other shows, so if I was to get into that, it would take a lot. But each of each individual cell is activated by the light, and the DNA actually shifts when we're at a higher frequency level. You know, people talk about being able to levitate. Well, this has something to do with uh, lightness within the body, the in- internal vibrations and, and stuff like that. And, they, uh, you know, we're set up, you know, when humanity goes to 144 strands of DNA, they're going into the light body. And it's like, you know, we have electrical system within the body and the heart does. It just changes that electrical impulse energy changes so you know this morning i saw somebody by my bedside and i they were curious about me but i got that that was something that they were opening up to more and more of humanity will be opening up to it so i will have more visits from people (laughs) i'm sure i've uh, you know i haven't been doing it lately but i've people said they've seen me and stuff like that so how do we how do you um how do you deal with this or by living within love within you? Like one of the things that I've noticed that happen to people when this first starts, they start feeling like almost like a pushing energy over their whole body. It's like they're vibrating really, really quickly. And you may feel that vibration and you're like, whoa, you know, what's going on sort of thing. It might happen at bedtime. That's when it usually does happen to certain people. It's, it's your body's being triggered. It's, vibrating at a higher frequency, okay? Uh, You know, sometimes people will find that when they're with their twin flame, this really starts to be activated. When, you know, you talk about duality and coming together with your twin flame, this is when the energy, masculine, feminine energy is coming together, okay? Well, when I was talking about those stones, the calming energy, it changes the vibration within your body, you know, when you put that stone near you. So don't be afraid. You know, I was talking about doing the clearing and sort of stuff and this when this starts to happen. Relax and enjoy those vibrations. It's almost like getting a massage in a way. Don't think about the physical body and just lay there, you know, and I'll talk a little bit more about this as we go along because, you know, I know that there's a certain amount of understanding that people should have to be able to do this. I don't want to go past that understanding. So don't judge it. You know, don't live in that mindset of analyzing or judging from the mind. Feel it from the heart. Go to the heart. Let it spread throughout your being and feel God around you creator we're all part of okay it doesn't mean you have to stop going to church and that sort of thing but 
do look around and make sure that you're in a place that loves other people and is doing good things for other people. And some people talk say about, well, what about the astral body and traveling and all sorts of things? Well, that's going to become part of the whole part of your body. So there'll be a different type of um, traveling. It doesn't really matter if you, you know, you're all caught up in all this, you know, stuff about traveling with a certain vehicle, energy vehicle, and all that other stuff. It just naturally happens. So, you know, sometimes people will, you know, move themselves from the physical body, especially like in dream time, between dream time and sleep time, and they've, and then they'll look at themselves and be able to see themselves, you know. Um, I I would think that, you know, if people can, to stay in the physical body right now through through the ascension. But if it does happen, you know what's happening, okay? Because we all are, we have this light body. I asked to be able to feel it. And then when I did it, I thought, no wonder, you know, this, this awareness had happened so fast. But I, I got to see it in each point that it happened. This is a few years ago. Anyway, one of the things that I've felt or other people have felt, like tingling on the top of the head, you have, you know, like electrical sensations in the back of the neck or the shoulders, and some people get this kind of a pulse on their back. People that resist it, like somebody I know, ended up breaking out in a horrible sore on their back because it's not something you... you it, it, it has to unfold the way it should unfold, Okay. Anyway, some people get headaches before the crown opens, and some people get flu-like symptoms. You've heard of ascension symptoms and all the different things. You can do a little research on that. And, you know, some people even get depressed before this starts to happen because it's depression's a way of the body slowing down to go and look within. And, you know, in the Eastern philosophy, when people get depressed, they know that's what's happening. Not necessarily all the time, People may get very emotional. They may want to scream, like I was asking that lady today because I was feeling that. They might have fluttering and pain in the heart area or, or breathing problems. You know, that has to do with the chalk, heart truck or opening up the energy of air, enlarging and getting more energy to be able to open up. Some people think they have a heart attack, so it's important to go to the hospital to, just to make sure about it. And another thing that happens is the solar plexus energy moves up to where the upper heart is, and then your eighth chakra, something, it falls down. And I was talking about it on the last week's show. And it feels like you got this weird energy across the, the shoulder blades and then around the back. And then there's this appendage energy that controls moving from multiverses or multi-dimensional things, that's how you do it, right? Um, but it has to do with the eighth chakra. But if you're anxious and fearful, it, it constricts it even worse. So it's it's important just to let it... You know, and some people say, geez, I'm not even... I had this friend of mine... She was in her 30s. She said, I'm going through menopause because I'm having these hot flashes and sweats and stuff. And I thought, well, that's kind of strange. And I said, 
I think your body, your heart chakra is opening up and your body's just being, you know, opening up to that. Because I don't even, I didn't even go through menopause. When you open up these higher chakras and stuff, and you know, the original ones have these things open, you don't go through all those hot sweats and, and sweats when you already have all this stuff open up, okay? But I just want to tell people, don't think that you're, you know, what the heck's going on? I think I'm going through menopause. It, it it has something to do with the pineal gland and shifts with energy and then the heart opening up and, um, you know, energy's expanding within you and it's shifting. But it's just kind of, um, like I talked at a molecular level, energy is moving around. And there's more in the physical type of way to explain things. You know, they're at a molecular level, there's more space than there are actual physical, you know, minute little things. But people get tired because it takes a lot of energy. And some people go to bed because they're exhausted, they sleep a lot more. And then you're wide awake in a few hours. You know, the proton belt that we went through in 2012, a little bit before that, and we're still going through, this energy um, stuff within us. And, you know, the lady that I was talking to on the phone, she had this um, I don't, this energy being stored there, but it was it was blocked and congested. I just opened it up for her. Okay. The energy that we have around us, it's important that we, we're in a physical realm, so we be physical. You know, a lot of people think, well, I'm opening these upper chakras. I've got to meditate all the time and just sit there all the time. And, you know, some people even quit their jobs, but it's important to be active because this energy that we're unlocking is healing the subtle bodies, the spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical, and the astral bodies. You know, um, we need to be physical, but we also need that quiet time too. And it's important to meditate. I'm just going to get a little drink of water again. Um, weight gain is another thing. but um, and, and you need a, a lot of water when you're going through this. And, and right now I go through what humanity is going through. So... Um, yeah, it says if you don't have enough water, the body will store water, okay? And when you're releasing, I talked about nutrition and hydration last week on last week's show, so go back to that. Um, it's important to get enough proper nutrients and proper water because things are happening at a subatomic level, okay? Okay, it says here another major fact. I made a little note about something that I was reading that the activation of a new DNA fat is needed to hold the vibration. So um, body fat holds a higher vibration, which is necessary for to generate healing and channeling energy. So when I, this is really funny, I've talked about it on shows before, when I do major healing on the earth, I put on like 20 pounds. I've even had my daughter or other people say, you know, you look like you put on weight overnight, or I look the opposite. I look like I lost 20 pounds. But another thing that I've noticed, too, I've lost that weight recently, 
because I'm totally, you know, living in that energy. But when I stand on the scales, I might look like I weigh a certain weight, but I actually weigh 50 pounds heavier than that because there is some shift of energy, okay? It, it, it might not seem like it makes sense to people, but if you look at the scale and you're still fitting in a certain size clothes and you're, you weigh a lot more, it's because this is happening. So I know that, you know, I know people that are birds or earth keepers like I am or uh, vortex keepers. You hold the energy of light in the area that you live, okay? So it requires a certain body composition that's really more mass, heavier in mass. And some of it is fat, but some of it is, a different type of muscle, too. And, you know, a lot of people are just starting to realize that. They call it becoming crystalline. So, and it's it's basically every cell within your body is connected with the divine energy. You're becoming aware of your divine connection. Your body is becoming like a tuning fork to hold this new vibration of higher consciousness. So, you know, you may feel a little spacey. You may feel really sensitive to light, food. You may have allergies. You know, some people are taking more B vitamins and multivitamins. And then they realize they become allergic to these vitamins and they take... um, homeopathic remedies instead. Some people blow electricity. I I blew my whole house one time. I had to get it all rewired. I've blown out computers and stuff like that. I don't do it anymore. But, you know, it's just a change within. Um, Anyway, you'll notice animals will want to be around you more often. It's like when I go somewhere, all, all the animals gravitate to me and, and it, people laugh because it's like I stand there and it's like they're coming from every which way. <laughs> animals have greater understanding of stuff like that. And, you know, food might change. You may Some people go and more on a vegan diet, okay? Or people eat less. So there's a lot of different things that are going on within um, within humanity right now. So what are you going to do to have greater understanding? Some of it's listening to a show like this. Um, you know, sometimes people need to do a little research, you know. Now, I've talked about different things, and I, 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 I really, okay, there, here's one I should talk about, but um, I kind of go over and over the time. I wanted to talk about, um, I'll just see if I can do it, because I'm I just realizing how much time I've really taken. From Ego to Heart 3, you re- read that article, it's www.jeshua.net, lightworker, forward slash jeshua8htm. And it's, it talks about the transition from ego-based to heart-based consciousness. And it goes 
in a number of stages, okay? This is channeled by somebody. And, um, you know, looking at the ego-based consciousness, becoming aware of it and realizing you don't want to be in that, and then letting go of your ties to ego-based consciousness and letting, you know, like controlling it, and then, you know, some people even go beyond that and and totally go out of uh, ego-based consciousness. There's a lot of things that go on within humanity, right? I'm just trying to find, oh, there it is, new moon in Aquarius, February the 8th. It just happened, and this is Mystic Mama, so I'll end up, I'll end with Mystic Mama. I'm a Mystic Mama. (laughs) Okay, this is from the site Mystic Mama, www.mysticmama.com, new moon in Aquarius, February the 8th, 2016. Eight is my number, Okay fours and eights and different things like that. I've talked about magical numbers last week, but this this goes this is a little different. <clears throat> so, new moon in Aquarius, the water bearer. This is has to do with emotional energy. You know, we're talking about energy at a, you know, etheric level. She brings forth a cleansing of fresh winds blowing. So this energy continues a few days afterwards, okay? We're refocusing our vision and opening up to yielding energies of our deep, deep penetrating truth. So we're going within ourselves, looking at the deep energies. I talked about that on the last two shows. I did about all the work that we're doing. And that's where the gold lies. You know, people go out and look for gold, but the gold is really within. You know, the solar plexus energy starts to shift to the heart. The higher chakras connect with the heart. We connect to the root chakra and the grounding chakra of the earth. And then it's like tic-tac-toe goes, and then all the higher chakras start to open up above. But it's not about resisting. It's about opening up. And, you know, some people, they live in fear, and they start focusing on the fear, and it blocks the opening of these chakras. So that's why I'm talking about the things I'm talking about today. And the person who phoned in was wonderful for her to share because it was about the very things I was talking about. So anyway, as one world dies, another is born. As one age of world passes away, a new age is being born in in secret places of the heart. So we're opening up our hearts. We're the midwives and the healers, grandmothers and grandfathers of this new world. If each of us is bringing in a new collective life force. So when we think about it as a whole, we are opening up a whole new reality. And all these kids that are being born now have already had these things set within themselves. I'm one of the, maybe the first ones to come here to have all these things opened up. But even myself, to exist here, I tried to shut it down, and it made me not well. But once I opened it, you know, things shifted. So what we have within us and what we change is reflected around us. So if we do all this work and we are connected to source, we become, it's manifested around us, okay? So right now, a lot of people are letting off a lot of really toxic stuff. And they're looking at that toxic things that have existed here. But now, you know, they're releasing that. So there are things on the earth that seem really negative right now. It's just a manifestation of that energy, okay, to some degree. But when we do the work, things shift and change. So that's what we talk about going to the golden age. 
Now, I did a show December 23rd. I did another one January the 27th, February the 3rd. So go back and listen to those shows. I talk about delaying the foundation for the age of Aquarius. So the new moon in Aquarius, we have to stay true to our uniqueness, but drop the exclusivity that makes us think we're better than others. So, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I'm this and I'm that, and, you know, it's it's beyond that. Aquarius is concerned with the group mind. That means how we all contribute to this mind. One of the Aquarius rulers, Saturn in Sagittarius, is directing our attentions to our beliefs that we're ready to share them, but often not in a collaborative way. You know, it's like Saturn's being told, you have to go sit in the corner for a while and learn. It's time to grow up. You know, it's 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 this is not a time to demand our own version of the truth for there are many truths. But we have to concentrate on the big truth and the bigger picture. You know, Dennis, a friend of mine, I just wanted to mention that I'm praying for you and he's he's having some surgery done on Thursday, but he has a show called The Bigger Picture. So we have to concentrate on the the bigger truths which we will find in agreement right now. If we allow Neptune's imagination to work on exposing our truth, we'll discover that all we want in life is liberty and the pursuit of happiness. You know, and a lot of people think, oh, they're expanding their consciousness and they're going to have all this material stuff. It's not all about that, okay? And, you know, they call themselves what they want to be, Illuminati. goes beyond that. Hopefully some of them are listening to this. Okay, the big promise in individual freedom is also upheld by Aquarius, another ruler, uh, Uranus, which is in Aries. So you know, we talk about Uranus-Pluto squares and this kind of Aries energy around it, and the Capricorn energy. They all intermingle to show really what's going on within humanity. So it's awakening us to our archetypal power to create within our lives. But it even goes beyond archetypal, okay? Many of us want to live in a grown-up world where people actually are curious, creative, cooperative, and capable, where each of us is responsible for the world we live in. That's the age of Aquarius, okay? We're connected. Telepathy. We speak and have understanding of each other. You know, that monkey energy I was talking about, you know, that's really appropriate for now. To live otherwise is to act childish. But, you know, that's this person's saying this, but it's to live in a different consciousness. It has, you know, we can compare it to that, but really it's going beyond that. And, you know, it's been patriarchal. It has to do with duality. You either have one or the other, right? It's not all about the feminine energy and the negative energy. I wanted to talk about um, gender today and how that's shifting and different things, but maybe that's for another show. Um, or you can do a little research on it. You know, it's going to be Family Day on in Canada, well, in Ontario, Saskatchewan, and Alberta on the 15th, you know, and it's Valentine's Day coming up. You know, it goes beyond that. It's the love and the things that are important. But it's also important that we guide our children. You know, a lot of these crystalline kids have a lot of knowledge, and the indigo children do too. But it's important that we impart these to the kids. I see so many people, and maybe celebrities or people that are in the know and they think they're in the know, that are saying these things and and allowing their children to be in a certain way, but they're not giving them any um, background of love and guidance, okay? But, you know, so they put here, this is your moment to acknowledge how far you've come. 
where you are now and where you want to go. So this is a time where we start going, hey, and you know that thing to boldly go where no one has gone before. Are you ready for it? You know, it's not living a fear. It's taking that big jump. You know, when I was talking about I was on that bus, and I I went off to get off the bus, and I kind of flew and went kind of into orbit, and somebody caught me. We're, we have to be there for each other, but it's time to go where we haven't gone before. Aquarius reminds us to follow the beat of your own drum, be unique and original. So it's about balancing your, your needs. There's there's a lot of other things written here, but just know that this is a time of great love, a time of great change, a time of great time of purification. And I'm here and I do this show out of love for you. You know, I, I don't get any the reward I get is knowing that I'm helping others have understanding. Anyway, Thank you for listening to This Dimensional Living with your host, Diane Bosberger, bringing awareness to our world of greater love. For more information on Diane, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash dbosberger1. May your hearts and minds always be open to experiencing a greater world.